0: Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bercher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is episode 86, Mind Control. So as we continue our journey along the R versus should problem, one of the things I keep talking about is like, it's this monkey mind, right? We know this term. It's like a lot of us suffer from just an un, what we think is an uncontrolled electrical action in our brains that we you know are victims of that drive us nuts, whether it's waking up at three in the morning and thinking about all the bad things that are gonna happen um, or you know wanting to ask a girl on a date and freaking out and getting anxious about it or having to go on a trip and fly in a plane and thinking it's gonna crash you know we feel like we are victims of our minds being out of control, part of living a good fulfilled, healthy human life is realizing that. You can do something about that, and it isn't really that hard. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy, and I and I keep comparing this, and I don't know why I haven't just come out and said this. To, it's like changing any new habit. It's like if you want to lose weight, you have to diet and exercise. If you want to get a different job and you don't have a skill set. You have to go to school and or study things or get some sort of certificates. You know, you have to put in some effort and, and this is, and there's so many different ways. Just think about diets. It's terrible how many different options there are. And it's super overwhelming. And so my goal with this is to sort of, you know, I did 40 some episodes about the general issues with our, with, um, Knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. You can get to know who I am and kind of what I'm about, what my history is. If that lines up for you, then the things that have worked for me are probably going to work for you or, you know, have a have a higher chance of sort of narrowing down all these infinite things that we can do. Um, but, you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's not about some fad diet. It's not about some smoking gun or some some magic bullet, right? Uh, um, it's a, It's about the same old stuff that everybody's been saying. And all I really want to do is, like, Help you filter the noise out and just go, really, it's this, it's just this. <laughs> it's just the same old stupid stuff that everybody's been saying. I don't know anything any more than that, anybody else. But I've tried it. I have mean, I've done 10 years of stuff that didn't work. And I've sort of focused in on kicking and screaming against the grain, swimming upstream, to uh, not wanting to do these things and not believing in any of it and thinking it was all BS. And sort of, at the end of the day, having done them, go, yeah, actually... Those things that I thought were stupid are the things that work. You know, I wish I had somebody that would have slapped me upside the head, which is what I'm trying to do to you a little bit, um, and just, you know, made me believe. And 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 um, if you watched my interview with Bumfuzzle Patrick Schulte, you know, his business model is just sort of like so anti-influencer and so anti-marketing, guerrilla marketing. It's like, Here's the kind of person I am. I'm going to give you all kinds of information. You can really get to know me on your own. I'm not trying to sell you anything, well, except for this one product. And if all that feels good to you, maybe you can learn to trust me, and maybe I can earn your business. That's a completely weird uh, model from American capitalism. That's not generally how it works. Generally, we try to psychologically manipulate people's minds and convince them that they need stuff. You know, this is the opposite of that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do um, with knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. It's let you get to know me. Let you see if, again, what I'm laying down is something you want to pick up. And then, and then try it for yourself. And then maybe you'll have some benefit. And if, you know, if some people do, then that's awesome. Uh, I'm just trying to give back, you know, for the people who have helped me see the light. And if you were one of those people who didn't push me hard enough, shame on you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and so this episode is called Mind Control and, because it kind of is. Now, what that makes me think of is like all the cartoon villains, you know, with the giant heads and the super brains that were like super evil, but they were smart. And they used that intelligence against, you know, to create massive weapons of destruction or, or whatever, you know that's the picture that comes to me, but that's not at all what we're trying to do. What we're really trying to do, you know, our minds sort of are that guy or that villain character, and we're trying to subdue them, right? We're trying to take the monkey and pacify him, not slap him, not cage him, but, you know, be like, what is it that you need, man? Surely you don't want to be bouncing off the walls all the time. What can we do to help you live a calmer life? You know, that's. That's entirely exactly a thousand percent where I'm coming from. That monkey in my head is annoying. It's 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 exhausting, and it's it's painful, and I don't think he likes it any better than I do. So maybe I give him a banana or something, and he chills out, and we like calm down and play video games. Um, and so I, what I'm going to do here is demonstrate. Something that's kind of visual for me, but hopefully the pod, for podcast people out there, you'll uh, be able to keep up or follow what I'm saying. And I think, I think I'll go ahead and tell the story in, in hopes that it doesn't waste your time. So one of the coolest sort of um, epiphanies I ever saw happen in real time was when I was a graduate student at Virginia Commonwealth University and another student named Kevin Goose said this during a seminar. So we had these things called graduate seminar where you had to go and watch some successful and good researcher talk about their research. You know, it was help us learn how to do that if we go down the academic path, but also to learn about what these people do. And, And this guy was talking about bird song, which if you don't know, is just the idea that a lot of birds sing and they use that, their particular song, which is like their their flavor for their species to communicate with members of their species, and how they have to learn this right uh, in order to be successful at mating or migrating or whatever. And this whole talk from this bigwig, who obviously knew he, he was as important as you know people thought he was, was obviously a pretty arrogant dude. Um, so it, you know, what was about to happen felt kind of good to me in a way. Um, and he was talking about how the neurological system in a bird's brain drove them to learn how to sing and how it all worked and translated. It was it was amazing, but it was boring as crap. I mean, and, and it's and it's a big black box, right? We think we know because there's some stimulation in this area of the brain, whatever. I mean, neurology is cool, but I'm still into psychology too, if you're into that debate. Um And so we got all that. We got 45 minutes of how smart this guy was because he could understand how this bird's brain helped him learn to sing. And then at the end, there's a chance for questions. And of course, all of us students are just like, we don't want to ask any questions. Most of us didn't understand what was going on. We're just like, whatever, please make this end. Kevin raises his hand. Yeah, he's a smart guy, pretty quiet, unassuming dude. Everybody liked him. And he said something to the effect of, well, what about the, the young birds that have to, don't they have to hear the song to learn it? And what about the neurology of hearing? Or something to that effect. You know, the talk had been focused on the, the vocal elements, and he was asking about the hearing element. And I thought it was a pretty good question. You know, in a way, it was kind of like, oh, shit, he just called this guy out. Well, the initial reaction of the researcher was his face turned white. I mean, it was a visible reaction, and I interpreted this as he had never considered that side of the coin, that his entire career was focused on this one. and In that moment, when some 20-year-old kid, well, 22-year-old kid, not knowing anything about anything, with this complete beginner's mind... Asked one of the most brilliant and important questions, uh, you know, completing the other half of the equation, it was just beautiful. And not in a way that this guy got burned, but just to sort of see him open up, right? It wasn't and realize how closed he was. And Kevin wasn't like rubbing it in or anything. He just thought it was a reasonable question, and it was. And so, all that to say that in systems, we can, we can simplify what's going on. I learned this in ecosystem science, but you can apply it to anything, and I love applying it to psychology, basically, or philosophy. You have a stimulus, some kind of energy is produced, and a response. That stimulus is somehow transferred and then received. And so you've got a box or a bubble and then a vector of movement And then another box or a bubble, stimulus and response. You know, you think about, um, you know, um, a stimulus would be like you swing a baseball bat and a response would be like either you hit the ball or you don't. Uh, Then a secondary response would be that ball goes flying in some sort of direction. And that's all these chains of boxes and arrows, right? A, A box is sort of a static entity and an arrow is a flow or change in um, form changing, energy-changing form or moving from one point to the other. So I like to think about a lot of... I can simplify a lot of things into the stimulus response. And so in the bird song case, it wasn't just about the stimulus, which would be the song. It's the response. How is that song heard? And one of these days, I'll get to this, and I'll just say it here. It's, it's that old riddle of if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. What's the stimulus and what's the response, right? And generally speaking, like, you know, hearing is, a, is, is, is associated with an organ and that's how you interpret the response or whatever. Going back to sort of the mind control thing, um, in life, when things happen, in the environment, right? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Your wife is in a bad mood. You get a promotion at work. You have an upset stomach. All, whatever The energy is in some form reaches your body. So there's a stimulus in the outside world and it creates a response in your body. The problems we suffer with, for the most part, in our minds, in respect to like mental health and stability, are in can be can be thought of in the same relationship. And generally speaking, we have lost the ability to interpret what's going on. We react, right? We, are react, we have become fundamentally reactive organisms. Something happens in the environment and we react. And this is what I talked about in the, one of the earliest episodes about beliefs. We develop these belief systems that when a stimulus in the environment happens, your mom's mad at you, you're late for work, you got a speeding ticket, uh, you're hungry, then there's a response that you do to make that go away, to fix that, to address that, to deal with whatever that is, to complete the cycle of delivery of energy from the stimulus to the response. Those things become automatic because that's, a, that's what we're good at, right? I mean, saber-toothed tiger growls, you run. That kept us alive for hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> that's was- Maybe not a saber-toothed tiger. You know, some threat in the environment. It's raining. Go to the cave. Um, It got cold outside. Put on a fur. You know, I touched the fire. Ooh, move my hands. You know, the very simple. This was a simple equation for a long time because it meant life and death. And at some point, it didn't mean life or death anymore. But we still have fairly automatic responses. We see Doritos. We eat the whole bag. Right? Now, you can train yourself to do better things, but you're fighting against that original system. And by the time you're 20, 30, 40 years old, these habits have formed automatically through repetition, through time. And so something like, I believe I'm not good enough, or I believe that I don't have any value, or I believe that I'm a failure, or that people don't like me, or that I am not um, worthy of other people's love, or that I'm an anxious person, or that I'm depressed, or that I can't get a job. These bad things that we think are results of whatever happens in our life, somebody starts talking about a job well i 'm not good enough to get a job i 'll never make any money. Somebody talks about when you know whatever we have spent thirty years inserting these automatic reacts responses to whatever environmental stimuli, and you can take them all and put them down into this simplified equation now they 're not always that simple a lot of times there 's multiple boxes, multiple stimulus. It's not that simple but the model holds. And it's unfortunate because every time it happens and you respond the same way, it strengthens the relationship. So why are habits so hard to break? Jeez, man. Because they've happened thousands of times and it's a strong muscle. If it's if you think about muscle memory, you know, um you know, if you're playing guitar and you know, uh, every time you think about playing a G chord, your fingers go to that G chord every time, which you you get good at it after a while. After like a thousand times, you know, you can just go right to it without even thinking about it. You know, you know exactly where it is. Uh, it's just like that with everything. It's like that with all of our thoughts too. And so the purpose of mind control then is to buy yourself a minute or I mean, a minute, a nanosecond. And this was the first thing I remember The first negative epiphany I had in cognitive behavioral therapy is all of cognitive behavioral therapy depends on the idea that if you understand what's going on, then you will naturally choose a better choice. If you know when somebody talks about money that you have a mindset of scarcity and you're going to say something like, well, I'm broke and I'm never going to be rich and you don't want that anymore, then all you have to do is change that. Well, the part they didn't tell me that I've been doing that at this time for 30, 40 years, and it happened so fast that I never saw it coming, that I was already 10 steps down the negativity path of ruminating about how I'm never going to be rich because it's just the way it is before I ever had time to, to even see the stimulus and in the initial response. I was 10 responses down the line because that's the problem. These things cascade out of control when they become neuroses or like really bad mental habits. And, and so I don't know who it was, but I've heard it multiple times in various podcasts of people quoting either some Buddhist practitioner or monk or somebody who, who talks about this meditation Things like journaling, I talked about last episode, attention and awareness, and these efforts that we make to be mindful in our day and, re, and think about what's going on. Take an observer perspective and look at our mind not as the source of everything who, that we are, but just something that happens that we can actually get in the middle of. We buy ourselves a nanosecond of time through all these practices by shifting awareness to say, hey... This, this is happening right now. And now I can choose or control, if you want to believe in the mind control thing, how I react. It's like everybody says, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. Well, can you? Not without some practice, because it happens so friggin' fast. Nanoseconds. I mean, think about if you have millions of thoughts in a day, are you aware of that? No, you didn't know you had millions of thoughts in a day. You know why? Because they're automatic. And you know what else? Your innate, sort of learned, habitual responses to all of those thoughts also happened. And I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to come off as sounding like I've mastered this or I. I, I I'm some guru because I am struggle with this every day. But I can tell you that I have learned how to how to how to buy myself a moment. And that's sort of where I am now. You know, like one of my kids comes down in the morning when they're getting ready for school and they're in a bad mood and they do or say something that's obnoxious. Ordinarily, this would push me into one of two directions. Beating myself up about being a bad parent, how I failed and I've done this and they're ruined for life and they're never going to be any good and I'm terrible for having done this to them. Or angry how dare they interfere with my day and come down here and throw this on me and now I'm in a bad mood, right? Those are the two directions I would go. Now, I'm not to, to, here to tell you that they come downstairs in a bad mood and I'm like, I can fix this. La-da-da, unicorns. And... No, but what I can do is sit at that moment just for a second. Almost like the scene freezes and I'm still moving. You know, like in the movies, you might've seen something like this and I'm actually going, huh, I see what's happening. This is happening, and and normally this is how I would react. I see my two choices, and I see this. And in that tiny moment of the observer perspective, using the tools that I've been honing through journaling and meditation and mindfulness, I can sort of go, I see this. I see this. I know what what CBT would teach you, that I can control how I'm going to react. And then you can kind of feel the moment coming to an end, because it is still like a nanosecond. But there's a moment where time slows down. I know this is coming to an and I have a choice about what I can do and I'm going to try really hard to like do the right thing, whatever that is. And then I'm in it. And sometimes, you know what, I'm the asshole and I blow up and I'm like, God damn it, you ruined my day. Or I beat myself up about being a bad parent. Sometimes I still do the same old thing. But at least I know what I'm doing. At least I'm aware of it. I can, then after it happens, I can go, man, you didn't need to do that. See how much that sucked? Remember how you had a chance, a choice? Remember how for a minute you had a little bit of control? Maybe next time you try something different. And that's where I am in my life. It's so crazy. And a, and a tertiary effect of this is like that experience of time slowing down encourages me, <laughs> you know, because I'll turn 50 this year and that changes a person. You know, I'm looking down the mountain now, the other side, right? And so if I can slow that down in any way, and here's a, a way that it does kind of slow down, I'm all for it. And so my hope is that with the continued work and effort and making good choices that, you know, I'll be able to live less of my life in those moods of I'm not good enough or or, or I'm angry that don't feel good at all and aren't really accurate, <laughs> you know, in a CBT sense, because that's catastrophic and, and black and white, and that's not the way the world works. And I didn't have anything to do with the fact that my daughter is in a bad mood that morning, or anybody, or whatever, or the guy cutting you off in traffic, or the person who forgot to put extra pepperoni on your pizza. You know, these are not things to get upset about. <laughs> there aren't... The, the explanation that you insert, the response that you have and that you automatically insert as a response to th- these various stimuli in your life are generally wrong because you created them on the spur of the moment to get you out of some uncomfortable situation when you were young. It's so the best you could do. And the you know, this is all IFS, uh, internal family systems work. It was the best you could do at that age. And you know what? It was awesome that you could do that because... You didn't die, right? You're here. And so that worked. It was the best you could possibly ask for. The problem is it doesn't work for you as an adult. Now that you're safe and you have other ways and you've matured and now you have new ways to get out of these situations and we generally can protect ourselves better um, than we can when we're kids, we have more tools, we have more resources, we have more support. It's time to let go of some of those old strategies. And that's the beauty of what IFS does. It, it helps you work through those pieces and parts and, 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 and tell them they don't need to do those jobs anymore and, and, and make them feel good about what they have done to help you get to where you are today. And then that allows you to sort of change. So that's one way of doing it. But all of these tools are critical. You know, if I've got the toolbox in front of me about how I want to go through my day that I think is going to result in improvement to my attitude and mood throughout all my concurrent days on this earth. In that box are going to be things like meditation, mindfulness, attention and awareness, and and mindset, and journaling, all to help me by the moment to make good choices. And those good choices are going to be defined by things we talked about many episodes ago, like values, the personal inventory, and what you really want, you know, your your sort of litmus paper or filter in your life of things that are important to you. You have to understand what those are or, you know, it's just all over the place. I hope that makes sense because you can, and I hesitate to say control because that's such a strong word. You can assert influence over the way that you think. And that can trickle down to make your life less painful and more enjoyable. And that's the goal. I can't wait to share more with you next week. I'm Chris Bercher. This has been Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 86, Mind Control. Thanks, guys. And take it easy.